Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what's going on, man? What the fuck's going on out there? How's school? It's good, man. I'm just finishing finals week. Got two exams tomorrow, but it's like physics and evolution, so don't okay. really plan on Fuck that. studying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take your biochem exam? Yeah. How'd you do? I I mean, I finished it. felt like I knew how to answer every question, so. You should regurgitate fucking equations, not equations, chemical structures and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I fucking... In hindsight, I don't think I, I think the vast majority of shit I learned at UGA went in one ear and out the other. I feel like nonstop it was just like vomit everything out. Shit that I really didn't even understand. Do you ever like memorize like, do you ever memorize like molecules and shit? Just, yeah. Just to know what it looks like. Don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know the purpose don't of the even, structure. Or like yeah. equations or something. You don't even know the variables, but you're like, hey man, fucking. Delta, you know, Delta, yeah, well, Delta, Delta Sigma, man, glucose, perfect score. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's retarded. I, I would say that the you know common college student doesn't really know how to even study. Like they just know how no, to memorize random no. shit. I, w- I would say I I would say I did not learn how to study until I started studying for the MCAT. Yeah, and that was after. And most people take the MCAT after three years. Of, I took it after four years and. Yeah, I would say by the time I got to the MCAT, it was the first time I had to actually know how to study because I was oh, yeah. I was just memorizing pages and you know you ever see you know Batman Dark Knight you see the song yeah. Dark Knight right yeah you know when you know when he's talking to Alfred and he's like he's like there was a bandit like stealing tangerine or emeralds to so or rubies to soils of tangerines. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, but he didn't want to. Keep, like, he was just giving them away, and and he's like, well, why do you do it? He's like, some men want to watch the world burn, and then eventually he's like, Alfred, how'd you catch the? How'd you catch that thief? And he's like, we burned down the forest, Mister Wayne. And so when I started studying for the MCAT, I was just like looking at all the equations I needed to know, and I just started thinking like instead of like trying to figure out which ones I need to know, and like going off that. What if I just memorized everything? And so, <laughs> and so I made, I made, I think it was twenty-eight pages of equations, and it, it took me like nine months. But every day I would just memorize ten, and the next day I would, so I'd like memorize ten until I could like regurgitate it. The next day yeah. I had ten more until I could regurgitate twenty. On and on and on. So, I, I got, I got, yeah. I got close to like a thousand, and. But yeah, I just remember thinking like burn down to forest, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> so like I memorized, I memorized all that shit and then st- was still failing the fucking <laughs> physics the physics sections. And I was like, this isn't fucking working. And I realized like, oh, the MCAT's to weed out stupid people. And I'm clearly a stupid person. So <laughs> yeah, man. In hindsight, I wish I had fucking 
actually, no, I don't give a shit at all because I didn't go. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, if I could really go in hindsight, in hindsight, I wouldn't have studied at all. I just would have partied. I would have. I would have. <laughs> fuck. I would have started podcasting in 2013. I'd probably be making a living doing that instead of mm. instead of being on day one right now. Yeah, you're the first guester, man. Yeah. 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 Fucking. So yeah, real hindsight, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have done any of that. But yeah, if because you still want to take the MCAT, right? Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, if if I to get a better score, I would have stopped memorizing shit and just started taking practice tests nonstop. Because I memorized right. for nine months, and my score went from a thirty to a thirty-one in nine months. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, holy fucking shit. And then for the last month, all I did was do practice tests. And I went from a 31 to a 35. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You started studying for it yet? Yeah. Um, I've been doing some here and there. You know, it's kind of hard to work it in with your semester. Yeah. You know, especially with biochem. Yeah. But, yeah. uh. Yeah, I I've just been emphasizing on practice questions yeah. and practice sections. Yeah. Um, so I have Kaplan, I have Barron, and then I have uh, Princeton Review. Yeah. And I kind of just weave the three together. Yeah. And go off of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you torrent anything, or did you buy everything? Um, the books I have, I got off pretty cheap on Amazon. Oh, nice. Nice. I had a friend who. Uh, Broke up with this chick, and this chick gave him like a, her uh, MCAT study. So weird uh, books for That's Kaplan. Weird. So I got those for free. Was it? Was it because they broke up? Yeah, that, that, that's a weird. That's a weird. It's a weird parting gift. Yeah, Fuck you! I wish your best in your medical endeavors. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know, man. I. I don't know. Fuck the MCAT. Yeah, fuck that, okay. Dude, I remember I, there, there used to be this blog I would look at in, like, 2012. Yeah. And it was called Med School Hell. <laughs> and it was from this dude that was in med school and then quit. Like, I don't think he failed. I think he just quit. <laughs> and he made a blog, and he said it was dedicated to saving as many people's lives by telling them to not go to medical school because you'll go fucking crazy. But he, 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 he's right though yeah yeah and he used to always refer to the mcat as the the 12 foot tall horned fire breathing dual dual headed dildo wielding dragon <laughs> that keeps everyone from getting into med school and you have to be able you have to be able to sacrifice your soul to fuck that to fuck that monster to get in i think it still holds true yeah. yeah, yeah, you definitely have to sacrifice yeah. a couple souls. Yeah, sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, dude, I just stopped going to classes like three months before I took the MCAT. I just, really? Well, yeah, I was in. Was I taking biochemistry that semester? I think I was. I was taking biochemistry. I was physics two. And I don't remember what else. I think calculus, and. Yeah, my test scores weren't going up. My practice test scores were not going up. And I remember, yeah, it was like March. And I was like, hold on. Like, I had like a pretty good GPA at that point. And I was like, whether or not I get an A or a B in these classes probably isn't going to shift my GPA a whole lot. As long as I don't fail it. Like, yeah. And I was like, but these three months could dramatically 
change, enhance your MCAT change, score. Would change yeah. my MCAT score, which I feel like is, I was like, I could either apply with like a three eight and do poor on the MCAT, <coughs> yeah. or apply with like a three seven five and potentially ace it. So I just stopped going to class. I remember professors were like, "Is everything okay? Like this is very like." This is very unusual of you. Like, I, like I failed like the last exams and everything. But, dude, I went fucking crazy. I remember I was on like a weird twenty-six hour schedule. I put my mattress over my window so I didn't know what time it was. Yeah, man, oh my, my room, my roommates were worried for me. <laughs> Going insane, dude. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. Are you still get? Are you? Is that your? Is that still your end goal? Med school? Yeah. You don't want to do research anymore. Uh, no, that kind of, you know, I kind of got stirred away from that. Um, I think the biggest thing that made me not want to go to graduate school is the people that generally go to graduate school. They're not the best socially, and I love people. Yeah. You know, I want to go into medicine because of that. Yeah. So I figured I'd rather go into a field where, you know, I'm helping people. Yeah. You know, making their lives better. Do you mean like? Do you mean like not good socially, like they're awkward, or do you mean like? Yeah, yeah. Like they were like Martin Shkreli type. Like they're going into you know who that is, right? Yeah, the guy that jacked up the insulin cost and made like a billion dollars, but a bunch of people died because of it. Well, you know, I'm sure there's people like that in academia, but yeah. you know, I just want those people like that, and you know. Medicine. There's awkward people in medicine. Yeah, it's just you. You know, most people that you know decide to go to graduate school or med school, they're kind of. And I'm generalizing here, and I could be completely wrong. Yeah, but you know, they're usually socially awkward, and they just. There's the type of kids that you know spend time studying ten hours a day instead of you know taking an hour or two to hang out with people, and I think that's yeah, it's you know. Yeah, man. It, fuck, man. In hindsight, I wish I had done that. I wish I had just been normal. I just... Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, it's easy to say now. Because at the right. time, like, like... I was in your position. Like, right now, like, you're not in. You're not in, med. Yeah. So it's still this, like... Yeah. It's still this, like, thousand-foot vertical wall. And it's like, you still got to climb it. And I'm here telling you, like... Yeah, don't worry about climbing it. It's like, it was fucking easy for you to say. But, dude, I think they, I think they weed that out. I think they make sure you're not like a psychopath, <laughs> because like, I was a psychopath in college. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was, I did not have social skills. I fucking, I looked at everything as an equation. I looked at like how to solve shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and like, because I was so fucking obsessed with studying that once I got to med school, I realized I was like, oh, or in hindsight, I can look back and say. I think I'm pretty certain that's what the interview is for. Because they have all your numbers. They have your scores. They have your resume. Yeah. I think the interview is to make sure you're not a fucking psychopath. That you do take two hours a day to hang out with friends or something. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I think they probably saw right through me. (laughs) They're probably like, this kid's a fucking psychopath. Fuck, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think there's a difference between, you know, you know, of course, there's more than a conservative difference between uh, being a psychopath and 
just somebody who lacks social skills. Yeah. You know, I think a psychopath is somebody who adheres to using people. Yeah. And that's yeah. how they get through their day to day life. And yeah. I've met plenty of those in college. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no shorter people yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It's just the the whole attitude or atmosphere of academia that pushes me towards medicine. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, you know, medical per se, I still go into like patriarchy. You know, yeah. I've been look consider, you know. Do what? Uh, actually, uh, my dad with his uh, neuropathy. Oh, shit. His uh, podiatrist did a really good job of helping him with that. Yeah. You know, we thought he was going to lose his foot. You know, yeah. the orthopedic, you know, surgeon said we need we should just cut it off. Holy but shit. The just said no, we could do this, and my dad listened to him, and uh, things worked out. Yeah, which Fuck, is man. really cool. Fuck man, yeah. That yeah. What do you have to do to do podiatry? Well, I think so. It's a four year school too. Um, but the the stats are you know less you know, it's a lot less cutthroat to get into mm -hmm. um I, i'll be honest I, yeah. I, I i don't know anything about podiatry <laughs> really well it, you know it the well you know you still have to do volunteering and job shadowing you mm -hmm. know just like med school and of course you still do research and all of that yeah it's just some of the classes required you know are different and some of the things you, you have to do before are a little different but other than that, it's essentially the same process. Yeah. Um, and I would probably say that the application cycle is, you know, somewhat bit of a less of a hell mm -hmm. yeah. than that of med school. <laughs> probably, man. <laughs> probably, man. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm a psychopath. I think I was mm, just. I obsessed. Wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would say you were obsessed. I think I met some psychopaths during those interviews, though. I've oh yeah for sure i mean i've had plenty of them really <laughs> oh yeah you know Dude, going back me, and forth you know talking with the well without naming names or specifics or anything man I, i'm not sure if i want to necessarily spite anybody for yeah. you know being that way yeah but. yeah okay and i got you i got you yeah man there was a yeah, there was a dude I I started a company with like a couple of years ago. We had another dude, or we had a girl that was gonna model our clothes. Yeah, super hot chick. And uh, me just looking at things like incentive, I was like, well, shit, I'll give you, you know, you can have one percent of profit for everything sold with like. Because it, it was like, if you see, like, she would advertise it on, like, Instagram and it'd be like, hey, like, you know, use my name for whatever, 10% off, free shipping, whatever. Yeah. And I just looked at it as, like, instead of this just being, like, a side thing, I was like, I, like, cause if, if she was just doing it, it'd be like, you know, do it at your leisure, whatever. But I remember I was like, no, I want, I want someone that's going to, I want the incentive to be theirs. You know, sort of like the, the quickest way to get rich is to, like, enrich, enrich those around you. Right. And, uh. And so I was like, yeah. So I was like, here's like a here's a percentage. Do this. And the guy I was, I had founded the company with. I still remember. Was, I think it was the last conversation I had with him. <laughs> but verbatim, I remember he said. He said, "Do not share with the models. They are vessels for sales. They are uh, we are they are tools for our advancement. 
<laughs> I just remember it was like, man, if you if you talk that way about him, that's probably how you view me as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, shit, man, I'm gonna it's gonna be ten years down the road, and I'm gonna wake up in a bath of ice with no kidneys. And so I was like, yeah, man, I don't I don't think I'm gonna do this with you. But yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had one person who obviously you know. You know, I met him in a in the math class, and obviously, you know, they only wanted to be friends because, you know, I was that weird kid that sat in the front row that knew all the answers. Yeah. You know, and I, in hindsight, you know, I looked like I studied all day, but, yeah. you know, in reality, I probably, you know, chill and smoke with my friends more than I study. Yeah, you're just <laughs> one of those savants. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say I probably am. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I I used to struggle socially, but now I, now I kind of really, you know, put a lot of effort into yeah. that area of my life. But yeah. Anyways, yeah, I've I've met quite a few psychopaths, and <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was I was watching a video from Jordan Peterson the other day. Yeah. And man, it's so hard for me to talk intelligently right now. You know, I was so fucking high last night. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> No, dude, I know how it feels. You wake up the next morning and it's like, hey, man, like, you want to go get a bite to eat? And you're like, do we take a car first? And it's like, what? (laughs) Dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there was like, people are like, there's no hangover from weed. And it's like, bull fucking shit. The next day is literally like, okay, okay. All right. That's exactly how (laughs) the next day is. Yeah, yeah, man. No, No, I I, I get you, dude. Don't apologize. I know that feeling. Yeah. But I was watching a video, and I think it was Jordan Peterson talking about uh, working with psychopaths back when he worked at a prison. And he said, you couldn't tell them from normal people. But he said it was like um, you would do those group sessions with them, and he said it wouldn't help them. It would just give them more tools to use against people. Did that? Yeah. That's... You know, I kind of put shells in your neck. It yeah. does, man. You, yeah, you... You don't know that. So shit, whoever I think is a psychopath probably isn't one. They're probably just awkward. The real psychopaths, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah. And you really have no idea. I think you so can think probably it's... tell, like, the... I think the one, in my completely uneducated arm, armchair psychologist opinion, I feel like someone that does sympathetic or empathetic things towards you or for you even when there's nothing you can do in return i feel like that would be one way to weed out like like you're not like an investment to them it's one thing like it's one thing if i own a company and you're being nice to me and it's because way down the road you want to get in on my or whatever yeah i feel like someone that would do kind things for someone that cannot pay them back in any way I feel like that'd be like the really only way you could like for sure be like, okay, that guy's not a psychopath. He's just really fucking weird. You know? Yeah. 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 He's just really fucking weird and nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, you know, there isn't a lot of people like that. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm... But at the, at the same time, you know, I'm surprised that the world isn't burning outside, you know? Yeah. Well, you kind of got to look at it a miracle and be yeah. happy that it's not. Yeah. 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 It, yeah, I've thought about that, like, you know, are I, like, am I grateful enough for, like, how good everything is? 
because of how bad everything is. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the fact that the world's not burning despite everything. Yeah. But then you have to consider the 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 flip side of that coin. Is anything really that bad if the world's not burning? How much? Like, okay, okay, like political divide. I've never actually seen anyone protesting. I've never seen anyone of different. I've never seen a Proud Boy. I've never seen a BLM member. I've never seen Antifa. I've never seen a like on either side. I've never seen it. Despite Georgia, Maryland, Baltimore, like I've never actually seen it. Like so, it makes me think how much of it really exists, and how much of no. and how much is is whoever's pulling the strings or whoever has a whoever has invested interests is is it all fabricated oh yeah you know especially nowadays you you really gotta ask those questions because uh yeah. man you know you read about the trump impeachment but then you start reading some of the stuff uh the trump administration was starting to investigate with hunter biden and you know in ukraine mm-hmm. and Rest flags just start popping up with your mind, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many millions of dollars just disappeared, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and Ukraine was investigating. Yeah. Was, I, I think it was like uh, they were going to investigate the, the nonprofit mm-hmm. um, company that Hunter Biden and George Soros was going to go, was a part of uh, in Ukraine. So Ukraine went to go investigate them, and then the Obama administration told them not to. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just stuff I've been hearing from people like Glenn Beck. And, you know, of course, Glenn Beck, you never be sure what he's saying is true. But, I mean, nonetheless, you know, I think it's important to listen to different political news stations. You know, you need to... You know, as far as is, you know, you, you might need to listen to a little bit of CNN to understand their your opposition a little bit better. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I don't really care much for the left. And I don't really care much for the right either. But, I mean, I hate the left. <laughs> I mean, if you... So it sounds like Trey, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. Oh, did, yeah. you, did you ever hear that it was an... I think it was in like the early two thousands. They interviewed. Uh, I've never, I've never seen that one. Uh, no, no, it's an interview with them. It's not even an episode. It's just an interview. And they're like, "Where do you guys lean politically?" And he's like, "You know, I hate liberals. I cannot stand Republicans, but I fucking hate liberals." <laughs> he starts going back and forth, and they're like, "Which one?" And he's like, "I just really can't stand the right, but I fucking hate the left." <laughs> and he's just going back and forth. Yeah, man. I. That's the thing. Is like it. There's almost like a weird thing that like if you're not in line with the far left, you're kind of categorized into the right. But I don't consider myself right at all. Like, like religion. Well, yeah, that's because their whole system is based on the dividing of powers. Yeah. You know, they the left. You know, they they believe you know Marxist theory essentially that. You need to take care of this group power in order to even things out, yeah. which it, which takes everything out of the individual's responsibility. Yeah, the so honestly, the I think I, I think a lot girl. of the problems we have today is because of that. Yeah, 
You know, I always especially say the school systems these days are fucking up because all they're teaching is Marxist theory. Yeah. I mean, my first semester in college was at a community college, and I remember vividly the English professor praising, you know, Marxism, essentially. Really? You know, very subtly, you know, yeah. if you weren't intelligent enough to catch his interpretation yeah. and you realize that he's he's not making the distinction between interpretation and truth. He's just going straight to truth. Yeah. And that's what he's teaching, you know, the people that are taking his class. And I think that is very dangerous. Well, it, it's dangerous, especially if it affects your grades. Like, yeah. I had a professor at UGA who, if you pick, you could tell he was very left-leaning. But this is a dude that put, you could tell he valued education for what it was over everything else. Because he would almost awkwardly go out of his way to also bring forth the opposing statement. And it was like, yeah. oh, here's someone that's like, he can't hide the fact that he's liberal, but he was like, he w- he went very far out of his way he's to like knowledgeable, yeah, to like to say both sides because I remember, and I remember asking him about it, and he was like, I have my opinions, and he's like, but my job is not to instill opinions, or no, what do you say? My my job is to not make you think like me; it's to teach you to think. Period. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of professors and a lot of school teachers nowadays aren't making that distinction. They're teaching you what to think, not how to think. And yeah. I think yeah. I think that is wildly dangerous. I think I think it's wildly dangerous in either direction though. Yeah. I mean, I mean of course. Like I, I went I went to Catholic high school. I mean like shit in high like, looking back now, I'm like, yeah, if I wanted a good grade, I don't think I would uh, no, but that's unfair. My, my my all my teachers were good. But no, I I but I did have classes in college where I would when it came to like a writing section or something I pitched it to whichever whichever leaning I felt that they were. And I, I would always that would always affect my grade positively. And the few times I did not do that, it did not affect it positively. Like so you know in college like like your your grades and your standings, it it the level of like the level of um confidentiality around that it's almost like like healthcare info, like you're not yeah. you know no one else is allowed to know your grades, um, right? You know it's literally the professor will call you up you know pull pull a piece of paper that's your grade like you know no one's supposed to know, great. And I remember I was re- I was retaking German because it's it was oh, like, okay yeah this was after I took the MCAT so I just didn't give a fuck anymore <laughs> this was my last right, yeah, was my last yeah. semester I, I mean like, might as well take a class you might enjoy yeah. Well, I had to take two class. I had to take German one and two, and I failed German one, so I had to retake it. And uh, I remember it was like halfway through the semester, and this chick that was my teacher was like, "I mean, if she was a guy, she would have had a Stalin mustache." <laughs> but like, oh. yeah, yeah. But like, oh, but no. it was like whatever. It was, but everyone else in my class was a freshman, and here I was, an extra semester senior. Again had already taken the MCAT, didn't care. My applications were in. I was like, I don't care. I just got to get a C. And yeah, for the most part, I just, I didn't really give a shit. But throughout the semester, I was like, here's this chick. And like, this is the first semester for all these 18 and 19 year olds. And I was like, this chick is, this class isn't even politics oriented. It's literally like the vowels in German, you know, like the pronouns and shit. Der, dem, d, and... I just remember I was like, this chick is like lockstep, like, I mean, like, communist in arms. And so, like, 
there's probably like a month left in the semester i finally made a comment and it's just kind of like aren't you not supposed to like do that kind of like i've basically i've said something along the lines of like like this is my last semester like this is my ninth semester make fun of that if you will but i was like i was like you're not supposed to like you're not supposed to bring this up kind of thing there was like something in the like uga it was like you're not allowed to it was some political thing it was i think it was like fill out this like survey for this candidate running and if you do this survey you get extra credit but it was only for what first of all you're not allowed to do that period but second of all it was for this like super leftist like local town candidate or something and i remember i was like hey, you're not supposed to do that i was like you're not supposed to do that like kind of and i remember she said she, she's like, one, please don't talk in my class. And two, you really shouldn't be talking. You need to pay attention because you're already taking this class. You, you already failed it over the summer. <laughs> and I was like, and again, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I was, to me, I was a cocky asshole. I was like, I'm going to go be a doctor. You're a fucking, you're a German professor. I don't give a shit. Karma bit me in the ass for that. But I just remember feeling like, you can't do that. And she, she's like, you already failed this class this summer. You're retaking it. And everyone was like, ooh. And, but I was just thinking, I was like, how quickly that like backfired once I challenged that, like. Well, I think that's really petty and unprofessional at the same yeah. time. Then again, this professor was T T A was, I was twenty three, she was twenty six. Probably right. didn't help that I was talking back. No, definitely not. Yeah, and and on and Austin, that's that that person doesn't represent everyone. That's just me. Well, did you? The, my question is: Is did you fail during that summer? Is that just no? Something I did. She no, said? no, I failed. I, I completely failed. That's no. I, no, <laughs> no, 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 no I yeah, I failed the summer prior to taking her class. Yeah, I completely. Uh, but yeah, that was a weird one. But then again, what am I doing? But cherry picking one example to support my argument. Is that any better than her? I don't think so. So, I don't know. We had this professor, my chemistry professor. What the fuck was his name? I think it was Professor Stanton. This was fall 2011, UGA, general chemistry. Right. And uh, he was this, like, super far right guy. Yeah, I've met those, too. Yeah. And to to me, it's just as bad. Even though I was right-leaning, I was still just like, fuck off. Like, fuck off. Teach me chemistry. But everything, yeah. everything had a quip about like Obama, or you know, it was just like, f- like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> I need to learn about fucking ionic bondings and covalence and gay shit. And but here's this, and he would always like, he's like one of those like, one of those like creepy right, you know, like like fags go to hell kind of guy, <laughs> like, right, and right. Uh, like not cool. And then I remember he was fired halfway through the semester. <laughs> Because he was caught oh. in a sting operation, <laughs> hiring prostitutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and it was like, huh, yeah, man. I guess that's what happens when you suppress shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know, man. I think they need to keep politics out of the classroom. But I will say, there is, you know, you know, I listen to a lot of like Jordan Peterson or oh. the. Um, what do you call them? The intellectual dark web. You know what I'm the talking Akira, about? The Akira album. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Not necessarily the um, intellectual dark web. So like Mark Rubin, Ben Shapiro. Okay. Uh, Sam, Sam Harris. I was gonna say Sam Hyde. Uh, I don't know. Do you know who Sam Hyde is? He's the guy that did that fake TED talk. 
I don't know. I, I think he's, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, yeah, it's the, it's like the opposite of Reddit, basically. Right. Yeah, the intellect, yeah, the intellectual, okay, yeah, no, I just hadn't heard that term before, intellectual dark, okay, yeah, so, yeah, the idea that, okay, uh, that globalism isn't great, that unlimited immigration is not the answer, that, you know, open borders is a terrible fucking idea like that. Well, they don't necessarily wholly believe that, but they necessarily believe that, you know, it's no longer right versus left. It's authoritarian state versus freedom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's yeah. how they view it. And honestly, I think they're right. I think, I think, I think they're right too. I think the one, the one, the reason why I would say I don't identify as like a Republican is because if you just, if you just were to break down what each side is, not in terms of, you know, of what the views are, but simply as they exist in, yeah. as relations of of control and power. They're actually a lot too close. They're they're too similar for my liking. Okay, so let's yeah, just, let's yeah. just. Well, I've been taking shots at the left because I'm clearly not left, so I'll continue to. But like, okay. Um, uh, you shouldn't be able to make this much money. Like every day on Reddit, it's fuck billionaires, right? You shouldn't be able to make right. this much money. Uh, we're going to take it for social programs. We're going to tax it. You can't own guns. You can't buy this. You can't do whatever. So, but let's just break that down into into the most simplest, most simple, simplest blocks. It's power and subject, right? Right. If you look at the right, though. It's the same thing. It's the, they, they say, we're not for that. Keep your hands off my wallet, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Marijuana should be legal on the right. No, it should not. It's dangerous. How do you know? And it's like, well, who's telling you it's dangerous? It's the government. Why the fuck? The same side that champions, yeah. you know, the same side that uses the quote when the government tells you you don't need it in AR-15, that's when you need an AR-15. Yeah. Or a government big enough to give you everything is a government big enough to take everything away. The same side that champions that is the same side that says gay shouldn't be able to get married. You shouldn't pot is dangerous. Uh, you know, uh, do you, or you shouldn't be able to, to switch your gender. Or so when you look at it from that side, it, they almost kind of reflect each other. They do. They have they different. Do, they have yeah. different pieces of the chessboard, but the, ultimately, it's 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 power subject. It's just different ones. This side says, don't tell me I can't get an abortion. This side says, don't tell me I can't buy guns. This side says, you don't need all that money. This side says, uh, you don't need bot. Like, it's not, it's, it, it, it kind of feels like it's, it's like a cleverly woven mirror on each side. No, and whether or not it's woven and there's someone pulling strings or whether that's me projecting uh, a boogeyman that's not there, I don't know. But yeah, it's. But yeah, what I was gonna say, which is why it's so back to kind of what we were saying earlier. I think it's so disappointing when you don't fall lockstep with either one of them. They accuse you of being the other. Yeah, and it's like they're even, no. even on even on Reddit. It's like okay, Reddit is ninety nine percent people saying the right sucks or the left sucks, just going at each other's throats. That's not. We already did trench warfare. It was World War One. It worked horribly. Um, but if you ever 
if you ever try to toe the middle line, you'll get more shit than either side. You'll get more shit than ever coming out as left or right. Be like, look at this, uh, you know, don't sit on the fence, choose a side. Like, and it's like, what? I feel like that's where, I feel like that's the only way forward, though, is it's like that, it's like that meme, what are your political views? I think gay married couples should be able to use guns to protect their weed. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's how I, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, like, I think that's the perfect way to say it, but, yeah, if you don't, if you go on one side or the other, you're automatically on the other side, and it's, like, I don't think my views have changed at all over 10 years, and I voted for Obama in 2009 when I was 18. I would say my views haven't changed at all. But now I would be classified as like, literally like a Nazi goose stepping right. Yeah, you know, you'd be classified as all right. It's. I mean, it's like you said. It's almost like a, a cleverly woven mirror. You know, it's almost like you need to be either side or you don't belong. And, you know, you look at you know World War Two. You know, the German government. You know, the first thing they did was essentially divide the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like what's I mean, the- it's just one side has to be triumphant. It doesn't have to be that way at all. I mean, I think it's just you know, again, it's just Marxism. It doesn't yeah. need to be about power. No, no. And which yeah, which begs the question: like, is there a shadowy group? And not to immediately jump into yeah. an Illuminati hole. But I like, I think there is. I hundred percent believe there's a. Yeah, but I mean, if there if but if that's not the oldest play in the book. Not in American politics, but in human interaction. Divide and conquer. If I got to fuck with you and your roommate, first thing I'm doing is using my Photoshop skills to fucking make fake texts that y'all are texting each other's girlfriends. That's the first thing I'm doing. Divide and conquer. Why fight both of you when I can pitch you guys at each other's throats and then walk into your apartment and take whatever? Like, that's the easiest way. Like, you don't want to have to brute force it. Like, you can, and that's... You can see that as like the the U.S. military. That's like our that's our backup card. Is a is the, is the biggest standing army in the history of the world. But like, it almost seems like it almost seems like it's so fanatical that it, that it has to be choreographed. It does. It, it almost seems like I'm I'm terrible at interrupting. By the way, so talk over me. Uh, but it almost seems like it's, it almost seems like a fucking like a Netflix drama. Like the next season, what are the writers gonna write next season? Trump? Yeah, what, where are the cameras? Yeah, no, <laughs> what's Trump doing in twenty twenty? Like, find out next season. Like, you know, tune in this week. What happens with Ukraine? You know, nothing happened. But oh, next season, what's coming on? And you have all these characters. You have Beto saying he's taking the guns, and then you have Trump saying, "Grab him by the pussy." And it's just like. At a certain point, doesn't it almost seem like it's like it's written? It's well choreographed. Yeah, yeah I mean that's the reason I don't trust just one news station. You know, you kind of have to listen to a bunch of different ones just to get that the whole picture. Yeah, and I feel like if you don't do that, then you get trapped in that entanglement right. of one single thought. Yeah, of oh, abortions are bad. Well, why are abortions bad? Well, God said so. But you know. Mary down the road might not believe in God. You know, it's up to her. And I think that as a society, we should push 
individual responsibility. And I think we'd be a lot better off that instead of this group power responsibility concept mm-hmm. that I can't even comprehend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me, but everybody else seems to be so well indulged into it. Well, which, which, it's, which poses the question that I brought up earlier. Is everyone else into it? Or are we made to believe that everyone is into it? You look at the news and they say, well, everyone else is for this, you know, pro-globalism agenda. And it's like, fuck, am I just like a black sheep standing out? Or is it, does no one really believe it, but everyone thinks everyone else does? It's like I go to each one of you. It's like, if you've ever been, like, interrogated by the police... I, I did some really stupid shit my sophomore year of college, and I ended up in a police station. But, like, I remember the first thing they said was... So it was like me and my friend, and we went in, and so we had broken into a, a, a neighboring frat house. Did I ever tell you about that? No. Where are statutes of limitations? How long? Seven years for Seven? Okay, well, uh, misdemeanors. Okay, uh, for misdemeanors? What about, what about felonies? <laughs> I don't really know, man. Okay, I, well, don't, I don't keep track of that stuff. Okay, well... Me and me and a, a friend got really fucked up. I think it was New Year's Eve, two thousand ten, going into eleven. And this is a whole story for another time that I'm not going to tell right now. But we basically broke into a neighboring frat house, or like our rival, and kind of like stole and burned everything they owned, kind of thing, <laughs> and <laughs> like like police showed up the next day and were like fingerprinting and shit but like so I remember but they brought us into like and I, so like we went in and like we had friends whose dads were lawyers and they would call, they called us and they were like don't say anything just do not say anything at all and we went in and, and I'm getting off track but the first thing the police did was say like hey your buddy said it was you you know it's hey it, it, he just confessed to everything is that true or is it it makes me think like there's a roundabout way of saying like is everyone is everyone so devoted to 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 a globalist idea or is or is that just the media saying everyone is into it well is it the government saying everybody's into it yeah well, I, well, well, I, would, I would say that they're one and the same I would yeah, I'd, yeah. And I, don't, I don't think that's fucking who's yeah the, it's not distinguishable yeah, who's the, who's the Operation... You know what Operation Mockingbird is, right? Uh, no. Okay. Well, Operation Mockingbird was something from the CIA that they wanted to embed agents in every major news outlet starting in the 50s. So they could sway and kill... They could sway stories that came out and kill stories before they came out. Right? The director at the time, CIA director William Casey, said off the record in 1981, or I'm sorry, on the record, we will know that our disinformation our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. So, it, I, that was in 1981, and, this, and, the, and the, the operation started in the 50s. Then there's no way that shit's ever stopped. 
No, it's it, it hasn't stopped. It's it. it's like you know, it's like uh, us meddling in like other nations and like you know, in uh, fabricating coup d'etats and shit. We know we've been sure. doing it since the fifties, and then like, but the, the declassifications stop around like the nineties. You know, and every year, every year that goes by, some shit. However, you know, thirty years ago, now it gets declassified or whatever. And, but so there's this like black wall of memory that starts in like nineteen ninety. And it's like really, yeah. really. So we're looking at nineteen fifty through nineteen ninety, and every year we're doing mischievous shit. And now it's all classified up to that point. And the next year, nineteen ninety will be de- whatever. It's like it doesn't take two brain cells to 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 uh, extrapolate that this, it's still going on, right? Right. So yeah, you look at stuff like that, and it's like, all right, this was declassified in 1980, and it's like, but for 30 years it was classified, which makes you think there's no way that in 30 years we're going to find out about what was declassified. What's you know they're going to declassify it now, from 2019, yeah. or in 50 years, or in 80 years. I mean. Which makes yeah, I just I don't I don't know. Can't comprehend it. Yeah, but the thing is, is if you ever bring that up, you're labeled as a conspiracy theorist. If you if you say the media is the one <laughs> the same as the government, you're laughed off as a conspiracy theorist. But the actual fucking term conspiracy theorist was created by the CIA's psycholo- psychological operations division to label those that question the official narrative to be embarrassed, so they won't do it anymore. Like, oh, yeah, and don't take my word for it. Fucking Google it. Like, look it up. So it's, but it makes sense. Like, so like, why wouldn't you ever want to question that? Oh, I don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist. Well, it makes perfect sense. You don't want to be ostracized. So I don't know, man. Yeah, it does kind of fucking feel like we're living in the Matrix sometimes. You know, I think the perfect fix for this is people just need to start reading books from the. About the tragedies that happened, you know, from having an authoritarian government. I mean, yeah. read the Gulag. The Gulag is one hell of a book. Yeah, really. I mean, I it's know. emotional, man. I yeah. mean, it goes into. I mean, I felt like if every, you know, mid, you know, high, I feel like in order to really comprehend the book, you probably need to be at, you know, at least high school. So I would say if every high school or United States read that book, I think that our, you know, problem of, um, left versus right would disappear overnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think people would gain a better understanding of, yes, we need to focus on the individual as a society instead of groups. Mm-hmm. Because groups have already been tried, and it did not work. I mean, how many it's million not, people have died in Russia and China? Between 1900 and 2000, years? estimated between 95 million and 148 million. Between, yeah, 19, I mean, between 1900 and 2000, from communist regimes. But even that, I, I, here's your a little experiment for you to do. Post that anywhere on Reddit and watch how quickly it gets destroyed. Downvoted, banned. And the thing is, it's not even like a, it's not like an unpopular opinion. It's fucking statistics. Yeah, it's a fact. It's like whether or not you believe in man-made climate change. I'm not going to open that can of worms. Whether or not you believe in it. The, the fact of the matter is, is no one denies that like the temperature is going up and it's going down. In the way. Like it's getting more dramatic. Whether you believe that's from humans, whether you believe it's from sun cycles, whether you believe it's God punishing us for letting gays marry, whatever. <laughs> like, like, 
whatever you whatever you believe the cause, one thing no one denies is that you look at the statistics, right? Summers are getting hotter every year. Winters right. are getting colder or more extreme, right? Short, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, animals are going. That's one thing no one denies. What causes it? Again, not going to open it. I have my opinions. You have yours. I don't care. But the weird thing about like about the tenth of a billion dead under communism in a century. That I mean, you'll be called a fucking racist for bringing that up, which is in itself a mindless insult that doesn't have anything to do with it. But I mean, you'll get yeah, you'll get labeled as alt right. You'll get labeled as a, a fucking fascist. You'll get labeled as a you know a bootlicker. But that's an undeniable fact. That between 1900 and 2000, over 100 million people died as a direct result of suppressive communist regimes. That is an undeniable fact. And you know it's undeniable when even if something as censorship-rich as Google still has it as the top Google search if you Google it. Like, that's how really? undeniable it is. How long is that going to be an accessible piece of information? Who knows? But... Yeah, like, it does not matter where. It does not matter if it's in South America or the fucking Siberian tundra. Every place it has been tried results in genocide. Every single place in every single era. And despite whichever cool uniforms they have, like, it always results. Whether it's the fucking Middle East, whether it's China, whether it's Russia, whether it's South, uh, South America... It always results in millions of people dead. Like, at, after a century of data, like, you can start to, like, extrapolate some pretty basic patterns. Socialism and communism. Advanced time. Mass genocide. And that's not in, like... And I'm not saying capitalism's perfect, because the, the immediate... Well, I mean, of course it's not. Yeah. No, no, no exactly, systems exactly, perfect. Exactly. Like, I don't think it's perfect. That's... When you bring up those statistics, the first thing that comes up is, well, here's how wrong capitalism is, and here's how bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, I think it's less bad. I think exactly, it's, it's a lesser of two evils. Yeah, amput- and the one, the one is, you know, it's hell, man. Yeah, you know? yeah, amputation's bad, but it's better than than sepsis and death. You know, right? Like, yeah, yeah, man. It, and it kind of eerily seems like we're marching in that direction. It's kind of scary. Like, yet again, it kind of feels like... And, like, another okay, another undeniable thing. Look, why is it... It's always brought up that, like, well, why do you really need guns? Like, really, the government's gonna... The government's gonna... Like, that, that, that was necessary in 1770. Like, you don't need that anymore. Government's not... Mar- but the way I look at it is... is the reason why it's such a pipe dream of that ever happening in America is because guns are omnipresent. Like, 2019. It's 2019. Look what the fuck's going on in Hong Kong right now. Like, yeah. like have you seen that shit where when people get it, when they're getting arrested in mass, what the protesters will do, they're going on, like, the buses and shit, they'll all slam up their IDs on the window so people will take pictures. So when it's... so. When we go missing, here's my data. Here's my information. Or when, have you seen those videos where when they start to get bound by a, by police, they'll start they'll start screaming out their name and their address and who their parents are? Because, like, hey, I'm going to go missing. That's happening. 
this isn't fucking World War Two. Like this isn't this isn't Vietnam. I mean, it's happening this, now. This isn't nineteen nineties. Now, as we are recording this, it is happening now. And you know, the argument is, well, you know, if they had guns, uh, the Chinese government would they would use that as a they'd use as an excuse to just squash them harder. Probably, I don't disagree with that. But so so. But so just bend over? You'd rather bend over and take it in slow motion than have a fighting chance and get squashed in 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 fast forward? Like Well I think ever since the, the dawn of human social structures, I, I really feel like, you know, we've been fighting this problem ever since the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, What do you, you mean? know the superior I mean king think about the Middle Ages, you know, kings and queens, you know. They're the only people that essentially out of poverty yeah and you know you look at it now look at what capitalism's done yeah i mean yeah people are getting health more and more people are getting health care every year yeah people are you know people are actively being brought out of poverty which i think is a great thing man but then you have the other side of it you know you have people slowly losing their their rights you know and you know how you have people being arrested for sharing their their view of the world in Hong Kong. And man, I mean, it brings chills to my bones because it, it reminds me of reading the gulag. I mean, it reminds me of, it's, you know, it's how it creeps in. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen like that. It, I mean, Stalin was so par. I mean, the Soviet system was just, the gulag system itself was insane. I mean, I think it was like, if you would randomly get arrested and they would say you would commit this crime and they would have this other person come in saying you committed the crime and that person will be threatened and said, if yeah. you don't do this, then you're going to gulag. Yeah. And so essentially everything was just made up. Yeah. But nobody thought to question it. Yeah. And that's a crazy thing, man. I mean, how do you get such a big country like, you know, the Russia to fall, fall under into that, that? that order section? That order. That's crazy. Well, I think that and I, it's, I, I think the answer is is you do it very slowly. Well, yeah, and I think it's all the same path. I think it's you slowly start taking away their rights, pick, pick, or you pick, you say, pick. oh well, we're going to do this. This is going to protect you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's essentially what the Soviets said. They said, oh, you know, it's the it's the rich and the the educated fault. So what did they do? You know, they took all the doctors and lawyers. They you know they sent them to the gulag or they killed them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we're slowly stepping in that way. Oh, you know, this doctor's making $200,000 a year. He shouldn't be doing that because uh, Bob over here isn't. Well, Josie, she has two kids. You know, she had one when she was 16, the other when she was 19. Doesn't have a husband and she's, you know, living in poverty. But the thing is, is it's not that she's the victim of some power grappling doctor it's that you know as an individual she didn't make the the choices that that well, put her in a in a better situation and that's hard when you you know you're yeah. you are born in poverty and whatnot you know there's no shit i mean that's that's a horrible life to live but that doesn't mean you can be better yeah and essentially i think what some of the people are saying against his argument nowadays is essentially what jordan peterson said in his one book 12 rules for life that you need to make it a tragedy, not hell. Mm-hmm. And I think by blaming it on other people or blaming your mishaps on other people, you're making your life hell. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. I think, you know, you slowly just get people to weave away from this this concept of individual responsibility. And I think that's the way that, you know, throughout human history, I think that's the way that tyrannous societies have been created. Well, it's like that, uh, is it, who's Alexander, is that his first name? Tokyo Valley? What was his quote? It said, Demo- I could be butchering this. Democracy will fail when good man saw. No, 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 no. It's, 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 that's a good one, but it's not. It's is it, <coughs> democracy will fail when the public can be bribed with the public's money. Yeah, exactly. Or it's, it's uh, like, yeah, I remember that one. Or like, or you know, so Bloomberg. So like, it's not like I, I think I've established that I'm I'm pretty far right. But I'll stick up for Bloomberg. It was pretty far left. Is that is that correct? Yeah, he's pretty okay. far left. I've, I've, if, if you can't tell, I've I've, try, I've tried very hard for the last month or so to completely unplug from everything, unplug from all political. Dis- I've tried to. Well, I don't. I don't blame you. I've you tried to let, bring you some peace. <laughs> I've tried to let my. I've tried to let the storm in my mind settle, but uh, Elizabeth Warren said that. So here's. Uh, Bloomberg's coming in, and he's gonna buy the ele- he's gonna buy his spot in the election. That's bribery. Is promising to forgive student debt or promising universal health care? How the fuck is that any less bri- any less of a bribery? Well, I think the crazy thing about that is the reason that health care and and fucking college is so expensive is because of the government. I mean, there's no denying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you tell somebody that you're going to pay for their college, the college is, of course, is going to raise their prices. It it's like no bid contracts for defense industries. When you're the yeah. only, when you're the only when it's 1960 and you're the only one that can launch a national reconnaissance office satellite into space, <laughs> name your price, bud. <laughs> like you know, it's we don't have the space shuttle anymore. We, we're using Russian Soyuz rockets to get to space. Isn't it convenient yeah. that they now charge us eighty million dollars? Per seat, per flight. Hey, they got the fucking market corner. Um, but yeah, if you're a college, if you're a college, and the government's gonna pick up the tab, well, fuck yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you yank it up? Why wouldn't you jack the price up? So it's. I I don't think you can. It's like the intention is good. Like I get, like I think, and I think that's something that if you're not for these super gratuitous social programs, again, you're you're immediately labeled as this fucking heartless Nazi. But it's not that it's not that I don't think that like those those things like come from the right place. Um, it's that it's you're you're punishing the wrong people if there's anyone to punish but it's like you know okay it's like doctors doctors making less under the was it the ppaca obamacare patient protection and affordable care act it's they were going to make less as well as also have a one percent tax levied on them but so you're going to tax the doctors because because healthcare costs too much. That's that's as that's as ridiculous as 
as cutting soldiers' salaries because the Iraq war is costing too much. We're cutting firefighter salaries because there's more forest fires and it's costing an arm and a leg. You're fucking... You're, you're biting the hand that feeds you. You know, doctors, yeah. doctors are not only... I'm not even going to get into fucking... They earn it. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I only know how hard it is to get in. I don't know what it's actually even like in med school or what it's actually even like in a residency. Yeah. But um, to, to charge them, to tax them or to penalize them, it's you're just... They're just going to leave. They're just going to leave the fucking country. They're just going to go somewhere else and then you're not going to have any fucking health care. So it's... I don't know, man. It's It's sticky. I mean, it's a stupid game for sure. Yeah. It's... What do you think about the idea that... That all all conflict and suffering arises from... You got a piss? Huh? You look like you got a piss. No. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were like... Oh, oh. Um, no, I'm just... Kind of wiggling around. The heat is on, and it's not exactly cold outside. So, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying not to block your face. I have my own little. Um, no one needs to see my ugly face. Um, it's the idea that all conflict and, and suffering arises from uh, competition for resources. That none of this would exist. No problem would exist. No power structure would be able to divide us if there wasn't. If if there was. Uh, unlimited resources which so let's uh, let's just I've always thought about this like how would you like how would you create you know at what point is utopia or heaven a reality and it's you look far enough forward and it would be it would be robots powered by artificial intelligence or sorry operated by artificial intelligence powered by unlimited power from solar who would be building and planting everything using 3D printers and planting using just the most fucking advanced genetic engineering to get to a point where there's a fucking robot army on the world not in a, not, not, not in a, a dystopian way a fucking robot army powered by an unlimited fuel source that no one has to pay for using 3D printers and to create all material things we need and for unlimited vertical farms with insane high yield uh, genetic engineering for crops what that paints the picture of is is unlimited uh, and use that unlimited power so let's say we somehow discover cold or we somehow perfect cold fusion and so you can now we can now use that power intensive process to uh, desalinate the oceans at when we, when we need it so that's unlimited food, unlimited water. That's the ability to have anything, any material thing like that. So there's now there's now no longer limited resources. So you no longer have have child laborers in Africa digging up rare earth minerals yep. or rare earth metals to be manufactured by suicidal cogs in the machine and Foxconn uh, mega factories in in mainland China to be shipped over here. To where a bunch of fat, lazy Americans like myself wait in line yeah. to buy an iPhone. If all those things are negated and not in a not in not not in an idyllic 
communist sense, but rather there's quite literally unlimited food, water, and material. I kind of think that that's the only way to really end all conflict. Because in, in, until... As long as there's any competition for anything, there will always be either people at each other's throats or a shadowy elite manipulating people to go at each other. I think until until there's unlimited resources, and it's decentralized everything. Everyone has their own robot that will print them anything, will, you know, fucking molecularly assemble any food you want an apple like that, you know. Like, there'll be an industrial revolution for, for food and 3D printing in the same way that used it used to be very difficult to get a, a woven shirt versus, you know, industrial revolution. Now they fucking shit them out like pancakes and IHOP. Like, that's a good analogy. But, like, I think until you have completely unlimited everything and no one controls the means of that unlimited everything, I think there will be conflict. I'm saying all this to say this. So I think the fastest way to reach that, that that technological utopia, is I think capitalism is the quickest way to it. I think on a long enough timeline, you'll get to it. I think capitalism is the quickest way to it. And it's like... It's like you got a splinter. Do you want me to pull it out slowly or do you want me to yank it out? It's like either way, it's going to fucking suck. But don't you want the quicker one? That's... I don't know what well, the fuck I'm talking about. I'm going on a lot. I, I, I kind of think that, you know, human suffering and chaos ultimately arise from us. You know, I think that's... A, I think that's why the, you know, the... Looking at the world as an individual is, is so important because mm-hmm. you know only we can control it and so i think that all human suffering is essentially caused by humans because we're imperfect and i think that looking at it's in terms of limited resources is is kind of a dangerous fantasy to have you know mm-hmm. i think that <clears throat> looking at what the world well i won't say that but i, I would say that no, I'm, realistically, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm interested in having it, my idea challenged. Like, please, like, shit on it. Well, I need to think about what I need to say here. You, I, I think you're, you're coming at it from. If well, I, if I may, unlimited everything will alleviate a lot of problems, but ultimately, like, there will always be like existential suffering, or like your own outlook on shit. Yeah, I mean, there will always be. A, you know, and that's just because that's how our reality is made. Yeah, that's that's like a, I, that's a that's a non-negotiable part. And I think that's you know essentially what the left is doing is they're pushing you know towards a utopia that everybody needs to live in, but it's a utopia where you're where you're forced to be cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, you need to you need to think like them. You need to breathe like them. And I don't I don't think that's right. You know, I think I think it's a dangerous fantasy to. To live by it, I think that most of the world's problems is caused solely by um, limited resources. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you know, you know, there's an argument to be made of that, but I think I just think that's a dangerous way of viewing the world. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, 
I think that you need to understand the capabilities of people in order to understand that problem at a much deeper level. Yeah. I think that a lot of the evil we see nowadays comes from people, but not by limited resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can blame it on limited resources, but that where does the accountability go? Yeah, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's no progress without accountability. And yeah. I think, I really think that's probably more of the problem. I would say that, yeah, you know, limited resources is a problem. You know, of course, you know, there's an argument yeah. to be made of that. It doesn't but matter how again, positive you are. Yeah. If you're, if you're starving. Yeah. I think I think it's personal accountability because only you can make your situation better. Yeah. And why would the government care about where you are now? And that's the whole point I want to make is that the government shouldn't be big. Yeah. The people should be big. Yeah. You know, the the people's control over the government should be big. Yeah. But not the other way around. And I think it's wildly dangerous to have the other way around like we do now. Yeah. It's and I mean I think you know we're moving towards like a police state. You know I see that day to day. You know it's. It's almost like when you get pulled over, you know, you're kind of scared because yeah. and we're you don't white. know what the and fuck's going to happen. And, and we're white. Like, we're, we're playing it on easy. Like, Yeah, I mean, I I had, driving through Salt Lake City one time, I had a, had a cop pull me over for going too slow. I was going five over. So, I mean, too much power to be had from in their perspective, but I think there's a push there because, oh, well, you know, we're having problems with drugs and this and that, so the cops need to come do it. But again, it's it's personal responsibility, man. I don't think that any government official should have more power than the people. Mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. I mean, I view cops nowadays as redcoats. Yeah. That's essentially how I view them. Yeah. I mean, I respect them. I respect their job they're doing. They're working very hard, you know. I respect them for bringing narcotics off the street or whatever, but... To be honest, you know, in the long term, it's not doing us any good. I mean, all they're doing, you know, for example, for bringing narcotics off the street, is they're creating a more supply and demand. They're they're creating a market for stronger products. I mean, you're creating a uh, market for cartels. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I feel like, you know, instead of fighting the the war that way, I feel like, oh well, maybe we should invest more in some treatment centers to help people get over their addictions, or you know the I think the step that the the Swedes took back in the eighties when heroin addiction peaked uh, is that they said, "Okay, it's no longer illegal. We're going to open up these treatment centers, and we're going to get people the help they needed." And it was almost like overnight, their problem with uh, increasing HIV rates, increasing HCV rates, you know, decreased overnight because of the of the uh, no longer exchanging dirty needles, mm-hmm. but also because. Of people were getting the help they needed, and it wasn't affecting other parts of their lives. Yeah, yeah, you're because not, of it. You're not hiding it because oh fuck, it's illegal. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the cops should be able to tell me that. Well, I don't think the government should be able to tell me that I shouldn't be allowed to smoke this herb because it makes me delusional and it's dangerous. I think that's my personal responsibility yeah. that. I should be able to make that choice for myself. If I want to get lung cancer from smoking that's, tobacco that's, at the that's age of fifteen, that's per, that's my choice. Of course, I should be educated against it, and you know yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. whole point of schools. But, but that's your that's your free ride. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's not the cops, and it's not the government's say. And I don't know. I, I understand there needs to be rules in society to prevent chaos, but mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that our government is too big. Um, yeah, it's. 
it's it's like yeah. it's like what Bill Hicks said. He was like, he's like, do you know that? He's, he's like, what's the difference between a uh, what's the difference between a a a, de- a dead smoker and a dead non-smoker? Nothing. <laughs> They're yeah. both dead. He's like, you know, you're still gonna fucking die. He goes, you know what happens when you go up to heaven? You know where all the clouds are? Cigarette smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, who's 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 the who's the 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 angel at the gates of heaven? Is it, who is it? Is it Saint is it Saint Michael? Who, yeah, Saint Saint. yeah. Okay, okay. Whoever it is, Bill Hicks is like, yeah, yeah. What happens is Saint Michael comes up to you and he's smoking a cigarette, and, and you're like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah. What do you think all this smoke is? It's cigarette smoke. That's why they call it heaven. We're all smoking. <laughs> he, he goes, come on in. Hendrix is on harp tonight. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I think it's, I think, but um, I think there's also uh, yeah, I think you're you're allowed to smoke cigarettes and get fucking lung cancer at 15. Twist side, no one's gonna pick up that tab for you when you got to pay that healthcare. Like that's that's what I believe. Yeah, I think it's really, that's your choice. Think, yeah, exactly. I think, it's, I think it's brutally bare hands off. I think that's and I think that's how it should be. But so do I. I think, dude. I think if you want to fucking, I think if you want to die from fucking obesity or a heroin overdose, I think you're allowed to. And I, I know that sounds fucking brutal, but like. I think you're allowed to, man. I think that's your fucking freedom, or it's your freedom to roll the dice and hope not to die. Like, but I think, I think if that shit's made illegal and unattainable, all it's doing is pushing it to an unregulated place where we're all still going to do it. I don't know. I don't have a single fucking friend that I was not getting drunk with before we were 21. <laughs> you, but, but like, seriously, I mean, but I like. And I, I don't think I knew a single person in high school that was not getting drunk before we were twenty one. Right. But but all that all that led to was us driving to sketchy liquor stores, <laughs> finding sketchy dudes who would be willing to pay or would be willing to take the cash of a bunch of white suburban kids and and go get us a bottle of fucking disgusting brandy or something. Right. We would go drink somewhere where our parents were not, and more often than not, we would drive back fucking shit canned and i think it i think it happens regardless like yeah it happens regardless exactly like same th- like okay with guns <laughs> you ban guns no one's gonna stop no one's gonna fucking stop i'm i'm gonna get my shit from a cartel same with abortion like, like that why there's the whole trope or the meme of like you know the the back alley abortion you're yeah, still gonna I mean, get it. Agree with it or not, you're still gonna get it. Whoever wants well, to get it is gonna get it. Well, I think you know the thing is, is, you know, I feel like our government model right now is, you know, it's the helicopter parent. But I feel like, I feel like we really need to move to a place where it's, you know, it's based on individual touch, responsibility. Touch the oven, get burned, and to learn not to touch. I, the you know, oven. I think that fi- I think that cops should, you know, their job should be to protect and serve, not, you know meet quotas or grand theft auto obey and survive <laughs> yeah exactly i mean obey and survive i mean that that shootout with the ups driver yeah, that was yeah you know yeah, i don't yeah. understand the circumstances of the situation but but still that's ridiculous you're shooting into civilians yeah yeah you could there's things you could have done but yeah 
I don't understand. I mean, the whole, you know, cop lives matter versus a black lives matter. I mean, that whole thing, that just drives me nuts. Because they're essentially saying, this, saying the same shit on both sides. It's just, I think that all lives matter, you know? I yeah, think that... And- and I don't think it's I don't think it's a racist thing to say that to say all lives matter like it. And yeah, you know, and then I think you know prison reform. You know, I think that yeah. we don't need to be incarcerating people. We need to help people change. And so, I think so, that's some people that's some people aren't allowed out. If you decapitate thirty kids and you've worn their skin yeah. as faces, or if you raped a toddler, some people are not allowed out. Sorry, right. you played the game. You you took a shit on the Monopoly board. You're not allowed to play Monopoly anymore. Like, yeah. but a lot of it, a lot of it, I'm with you. It's yeah. We're overfilling our prisons with peak with dealers smoking two grams of weed. I mean, fucking twenty year olds who are selling pot. Yeah, I mean, it's shit, just shit, man. I've never been wanting in my life. I've, I mean, I've, have you have you met a twenty year old who's had their life together? I haven't. <laughs> I mean. Dude, I'm 29, and I know a handful of people who are banging on all cylinders, and I know a thousand that are not. <laughs> like, I know a handful of people that are married, they're doctors or they're lawyers, they have kids, and they have, at least on the surface, they have it together. But everyone else, no, man. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't even know, I'm not even going to pretend to know where the quote comes from, but it's like, it's, um. It's like, dude, go. It's like go grow up in the ghetto, with no future, anything. After how many years of working night shifts at Arby's, are you gonna go? Fuck it, I'll I'll, I'll roll the dice. I'll sell coke. Like, <laughs> like, but seriously, how, I mean, how, you know, like how, how long do you go through that, that insanity? Knowing that you're going to be fucking serving burgers till the day you die, and I don't mean, I don't mean, uh, oh, I'm lazy, I'm not going to work hard, fuck it. I don't mean that. I mean people who legitimately are giving it their all, but there is a certain point that they cannot rise above. They were born into it. They have three kids. They live in a shit place. They're paying child support, and they. they and they're growing and they're working at fucking Arby's because their mom grew up with three kids in a shit environment. Like at a certain point, like it, it doesn't even matter. You can be the most upstanding person. You can legitimately be giving it your all to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But you reach a certain point where, man, you're 45 years old and you didn't get through eighth grade and you're working at Arby's like, that dude's not going anywhere. And the knowledge that you're not going, the knowledge that you're working till the day you die, so today is no different than 40 years from now. I mean, so it logically comes down to two things. It's it's like Eckhart Tolle. You know, it's like when a problem arises, do something about it or leave. All else is madness. So, well, if you do something, let's say you can't do something about it. You don't have any money. You're putting your kids through a shitty fucking public school and for the fucking life of you hoping that they don't fall into the same trap as you you don't want to kill yourself because then they're going to be insured to fall into the same shitty trap so what other gamble is there 
tend to fucking start selling dime bags of crack. Like, you know, like I, it's easy for me to point at it and say, oh, it's wrong and they shouldn't. It's against the law. But I'm also white and I've gone to fucking private school my whole life. Like, you know, I've never been faced with anything even remotely that good. The biggest sacrifice I ever faced was, should I get a B in biochemistry and genetics so I can get a higher MCAT score? <laughs> like, so I can go to a better medical school than a lesser medical school and still become, oh no, a doctor. Like, I mean, that's like the biggest gamble I've faced in my life. It's laughable. Right. It sounds like a shitty punchline. But, yeah, man, it... Yeah, I don't even really know where I'm going with this. But yeah, no, there are a ton of fucking people in jail for that that shouldn't be in jail. Like, they're just trying to fucking hustle. Yeah. Like, put them in school, and that person's probably going to hustle through school and be really good I mean, at it. I've I, mean, I, I mean, this brings me, I mean, this makes me think of, you know, the opioid epidemic. And, you know, you're throwing people in prison, but you're not necessarily giving them the help they need. Yeah. So they come out. And they go back to prison. And, yeah. you know, they, of course, you know, there's court fines and stuff. And so they, it's a vicious cycle, man. I yeah, mean, man, until you've been addicted to something that makes that makes life without it hell, you won't know that a fine doesn't mean anything. I, I mean, I think I think that it should be, you know, you either go to jail or you go to rehab. And I think that, you know. Of course, you know, I just ranted about not wanting bigger government programs, but I think, you know, some of the money they spend on, you know, prison systems and, you know, fighting the war on drugs, I think can be spent on opening, you know, rehab centers. Or the seven or the seven tenth of a trillion dollars we're spending on weapons. Like, yeah, I mean, take a hundredth of that. Like, yeah, I mean, you could fix the opioid problem just like that. But and furthermore, if it wasn't illegal in the first place and just educated. No one's arguing that alcohol is not bad for you, but we're educated about it for the most part. You yeah, know, and don't drink and drive. These are some pitfalls that will happen. Uh, you know, wait 20 minutes after you've had a shot because it hasn't hit you. Just basic shit that there are probably a lot of basic ABCs and 123s of every other drug, but we just don't know about it because they're all so taboo. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's like the boomer generation trying to understand like the legalization of pot, and they're like, "Well, how do you know what's in it?" And you're like, "You know, we grow up smoking pot, so we're like, yeah, take a couple hits, see how you're feeling. If you f- start to feel paranoid, that'll happen. Go beat off, eat some cookies, sit in a hot shower. You're gonna be fine. You know, you can try it again another time. Like, even we know these, but to them, it's it's this black mystical power. Yeah." We're all in that same boat when it comes to ninety nine point nine percent of drugs. Like it, there's a ton of shit. It comes down to education. If you were just fucking, if you just look like, and it, you know, as as insane as it must have sounded in nineteen fifty to say, you know, I don't think reefer is that bad for you, dude. I don't think, I don't think anything's that bad for you if you just know how to do it. Like I, I fully believe that. I mean, one day it'll you'll be able to go buy some fucking you'll be able to go buy meth and have awesome sex or you'll be able to go buy fucking painkillers or benzos and watch spongebob for 14 hours but it will be you'll be fucking educated on it and it'll be don't take more than that 
don't do well i mean i think if you truly educated people on it i don't think we would have a meth problem they would would have a heroin problem they wouldn't do it and if yeah yeah yeah. and it's all yeah it's i mean you weed out the suckers but but those are the people that are gonna that we're gonna fuck up no matter what i mean that's just those are the people that if those are the people yeah those are the people that it's it's a harsh reality but those are the people that if they're not going to overdose on meth they're you know they're they're going to drink too much water and die. It's like some people just yeah. aren't, aren't going to make it. Like, but God damn, man. It's, and it almost, and everything we're saying sounds idyllic and romantic, but I don't think it is. I think a lot of it comes down to it would work if we, if we tried less hard. But the war on drugs, think, okay, think of how much effort goes into the war on drugs. The surveillance, the officers, the officers being killed, the fucking uh, uh, scanning every fucking bag that comes through every fucking port, pulling over every person, drug tested every job, versus how easy it would be just, hey, don't do it. Or, hey, you're free to do it. And you know, and people say... But I want to do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but and people say, um, well, what do you do when everything is legal? What do you do when someone gets really high on pills and they run out into the street naked? To which I think, well, what do you do right now if someone runs out on the street naked? Anyway, you get fucking arrested. What happens if you go to your job belligerent and you're high? What happens if you go to your job belligerent and you're drunk? You get arrested. It's like, there are already laws in place. Whether you're on meth or whether you're just an asshole. Like, the laws are already in place. Like, you know, it... I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, I think it might be chaotic for the first, like, year or two. Yeah. I think you probably have a huge spike in deaths, but I think it would drop dram- dramatically after that. Like, isn't that the case? That's happened in nations where they legalize everything. Like, am I speaking out of my yeah, head? yeah? You know that happened in Portugal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's sad because you don't want people to die. I no, mean, of course you don't. you don't. Yeah. But how else are you going to solve the problem? I mean, the this war on drugs go, is just going to continually kill people. It's going to go on forever. From overdoses yeah. and from fucking law enforcement uh, officers getting shot raiding chop houses. Drug houses I mean, so it's a, essentially, it's a, it's a lesser of two evils. You know, it's, we can have some people die amp- now and have people die, less people die in the future. Yeah, it's amputation or sepsis. It's like, yeah, and no, like we all agree, neither of them are good. Hey man, like shootings are not good. Anyone that's pro-gun is not going to defend shootings. They're fucking horrible. But the flip side is, is you get some Hong Kong thing where 1,000 times as many people die, are, yeah. are, are, are die. And then, yeah, and then you get some statistic, you know, 100 million dead in a century. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, Hitler doesn't hold a candle to Stalin or Mao. It's just, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really think the media, you know, they have a way of portraying everything that you know a school shooting is the worst thing that can happen compared to like i don't know the gulag i mean obviously you know the gulag is a hundred times worse but yeah but if but if you bring that up then also oh, so you don't think shooting kids is bad like it's immediately shoved in your i mean it's like that's just that's just such a naive way to listen to what somebody's saying yeah i mean it's so stupid yeah people who do that are so freaking stupid yeah they don't i mean that's just saying up front i don't I don't care about what the opposition has to say. I don't care about learning more. Yeah. I've already, you know, 
it's just people that don't think and i yeah it's i don't know man yeah what do you think of what do you think of the ideal of uh solipism what's that that there's only one self-aware entity in all of existence and it's you it's not simulation theory it's not the idea that we're living in a simulation it's that there's only one self and everything is in your head man i don't know if i want to even think about that so <laughs> <laughs> that make me delusional <laughs> well it makes me think that everything you see in the outside world is a reflection of you so and I think like, that's true. Yeah. So it's like living. It's like living in this, you know, this nation that seems torn at the seams, worse than ever before. Is that just a reflection of my own spiritual shortcomings? My own, uh, my my own inability to to see both sides of the same coin is manifesting itself as a. Well, I think that's a neat tool right. to have. Being able to see your self-reflection in public, I mean, I think that helps you become a better person day by day, if that's what you're doing, because we already know that most people don't work towards, you know, self-progression. Yeah, yeah, uh, introspection, reflection. Yeah, I mean, but I think it's a very powerful tool to have if you're smart enough to use it. But I wouldn't say, I don't think that's just a proven fact. I wouldn't say that. Oh, the way I view things is just how it is. I think that's the way I view them, and I think that other people have their own way of viewing them. And I yeah. think that it's up to me to listen and maybe learn a little bit from their perspective. Yeah. yeah. it's So I've lived in New Hampshire, Arkansas, New Hampshire again, Georgia, Maine, Georgia again, and now Maryland. I've lived in urban areas, and I've lived in rural areas. I've lived near cities, and I've lived in bumfuck racist time capsules to pre-Civil War eras fell off to Georgia, <laughs> fell off to Georgia looking at you. Um, but I know, I know, so I've met so many smart, intelligent, who are not just book smart, but are also good people, who yeah. are fucking respectful people. They'll, you know, They'll help you out when there's nothing in turn, nothing to gain for them. They're people that are wonderful parents. I have friends that you know, are literally, I have friends that are doctors now, that are lawyers now, that are police officers, that are you know, upstanding people. That I would, you know, I don't want kids, but if I ever have a kid, I'd be like, yes, like if I die, you take care of them. Like, but living in so many areas, north, south, rural, urban. I have all these smart friends and family members who are right down the middle. The smart, respectful ones down to the stupid pieces of shit. You have an equal number left and right. So, that being said, I know too many smart, respectful people that are diehard liberals and that are diehard conservatives after 29 years and it's really only been the last year or so of my life that I've looked at it this way I have to start to wonder no one side can be correct because there are these people that I respect and love so much on each side that are just such good people and that like 
I could take two friends that are doctors and write down this. They're, they're equal in everything. Just awesome. Stand up people. Respect, you know, love their spouse. Sure. Never cheat. Never talk behind your back. They'll pick you up at two in the morning. Whatever. But one happens to be a Democrat. One happens to be a Republican. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's it's like it, it doesn't. It doesn't make like. It can't be, and it's not to say. Well, it doesn't make sense. How could they be so stupid and be lit? No, that's that's the exact thing I'm bringing up. Is it doesn't make sense that one or the other can be the right answer. You could yeah. you, a, a smart, intelligent person. If there was one true answer. They would all gravitate towards that. But the thing is, is you have too many smart, intelligent, wealthy, respectful people who are opposite sides of the spectrum. But I'm, I'm saying this to reflect on what you said. How much of it is just the way that I, I see things versus the way you see things. If you grew up in Atlanta and you see a shotgun in some, the back of someone's truck, you're immediately going to think gang shooting or school shooting. If you go to where my dad grew up in northern New Hampshire... You will not bat an eye at a shotgun in a truck just like you wouldn't bat an eye at a fucking Sprite bottle. It's because they're all fucking hunting up there. It's whatever. Like, it's just, you know, it's... But if you if you take someone that's never left that small town and bring them to a city, they're going to look at any attempt at gun control as, as an author- authoritarian crackdown, which I admittedly do. But... If you grow up in some place where there's school shootings and no one's hunting and you're in the middle of a suburb or a metropolis, you're probably more inclined to say you really don't need a gun here. Versus if you take that metropolis person and bring him out to some farm or some poor town where they literally do hunt to put meat in the freezer and they go, you don't need that gun or you should be a vegan. You're going to look at him and go, you fucking... You city slicker pussy, like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. But I... yeah, Am I even making I, sense what I'm trying to say? No, I, I completely understand what you're saying, you know. Environment definitely has a lot of, a lot of things to do on our uh, perspective. I don't think it's one size fits all. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not one size fits all. You know, I, but at the same time, I do think that there are, da- there are sharks lurking in both sides of the water. You know? yeah. I think yeah. we need to be more yeah. careful watching that because I think the deep state is real. Well, it's, it's, I don't think. I mean, it, I don't think that's a point of negotiation. There is, there's an entrenched power structure. Yeah, yeah. But that power structure, I mean, you know, maybe it's evil in your intent, right. but it's not the patriarchy. You know, there is yeah. no black and white power structure. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe maybe they're aware of what we just talked about. Good people on both sides. And they're just pitting them against each other. You you pit. I mean, that's kind of how it seems. Yeah, the the divide and conquer. But yeah, what's creepy about it is is like you don't know who the psychopath is. Yeah, a, a you don't re- know who's controlling it. Yeah, a really weird thing about psychopaths is like there's really no middle ground. You have the incompetent psychopath, and they end up in jail because they stab someone that wouldn't give them a dollar. And then you have the psychopath. It was very patient, and they become the president or a CEO or a billionaire or a general, you know, top guy at the Pentagon. And there's because those are the ones that rise to the top because it's just cutthroat. There's no room for morals. If you want to get to the tippy top, the apex of human power, 
there's no room for anything short of tactical advancement. But yeah, it's weird. It's you either you either slip up and drop the mask and end up in jail because you are, you know, like you know, decapitating small like woodland critters or something or some weird psychopath shit. Or you end up like engineering like the 2008 financial crisis. It's yeah, it's just psychopaths with different levels of intelligence, and that's that's, a, crazy. that's a weird thing because like, and you don't know, you know, you what know person is do. doing it unintentionally yeah, and what person is. You know, you don't know the psychopaths from, from the normal people. Yeah, and furthermore, can good people ever over? Can we ever remove them from power? Because to remove them from power. To fight someone like that, you've got to fight fire with fire. You can't reason with someone like that. You can't negotiate with someone like that. That's someone that will stab you in the back no matter what. But are good people capable of ruthlessly removing psychopaths from power? So we well, I mean, I think this comes back to, you know, the educating thing. You know, I think you need to educate people that, hey, you know, they need to have like what Jordan Peterson says, you know, they need to have their room clean before they look at the world. But yeah, I mean, I think that if you teach people that once you start your career and that essentially you teach people, you know, the, the difference between good and evil, you know, you teach them that you can either instill bad in the world. And we've already seen plenty of that, you know, we've talked about the 20th century already, or you can, um, you can instill good. And, you know, the choice is up to them. And I really think that, you know, as a society, we definitely need to, we need more kindness. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just silly because, you know, some, sometimes it's not even the big thing. Sometimes it's not donating a million dollars to the charity. You know, sometimes it's just holding the door for somebody or, yeah, just, you know, taking back somebody's shopping cart for them. Just, you know, something, yeah, just, and it has a multiplier effect because then do- maybe Dude, they go and do something, something nice, nice for somebody else. When someone does something nice for you, does it not fucking like – it's like having jumper cables attached to your nipples. Like, you know? Well, I mean it's the same way if other – it's the same way with bad things. If somebody's mean to you, then you're going to go around and be mean yeah, to other someone's people. someone's an asshole to you, you come home from work, fuck you. I don't want to talk about it, dude. And it's like you're taking it out on your roommate who's an angel. Versus, like, you know, someone holds the door for you, or, the, hey, you, you know, you, you cut in, or whatever, or they just randomly... Well, know. yeah, I mean, I think, you know, especially nowadays, we need to do a better job of taking that bad things less personal, and saying, hey, you know, this person said this to me, but it shouldn't affect me, and it shouldn't you, make you, me treat people you, worse, you, because you, then they're just living in your head. Not only that, but you can stop the domino effect. Yeah, like it's it's understandable. Yeah, you have the power to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's un, like it's understandable if you were mean to someone because someone was mean to you. No one's gonna fault you for that because we've all been there. Hell, that's yeah. probably why any of us are ever mean to someone else because someone's been mean to us. Versus when someone's really cheery, and it's like, oh, you find out they're in a relation, they're just got into a relationship and they're in love, and like it's just it, you know it's glowing off of them. But it's like so, no one's gonna fault you for falling as another domino well that guy fucking whatever that fucked my wife yeah. so i yelled at the mailman who fucking whatever ran a red light whatever on and on and on but man like you have the power to stop that domino effect 
Like, someone started it, and fuck that person. It's not your fault it happened to you. And it's understandable if you perpetuate it. But you also have the power to, to, to sort of eat it. Like, you know, like a hospital will eat the bill for someone that can't pay for it. Well, just, they take it. Like, you have the power to, to, to eat the bad. Someone's a dick to you. You have the power to go, fuck that person, fuck that person, fuck that person. I'm going to keep it to myself. Like, have you ever been in a really bad mood and what you should do is not be in a bad mood, but if you've already kind of acknowledged that you're just in a terrible mood and you can't change it, the next best thing is to just come, is just to go to your room. Because, like, I've literally, like, been in that in relationships or with my parents or with roommates and been like, hey, I'm in a really bad mood. I just failed a fucking test. Someone scratched my car. I'm going to be an asshole no matter what, so I'm just going to go to my room. Like, because nothing good is going to come out of interacting with me. Like, you have the power to, yeah, for the domino to hit you and to not fall over. Yeah, you have the power to take a fine tip comb over your own life. Mm -hmm. You have the power to change your surroundings. Yeah. It's now is is it? By any if also by the way, like if any if at any point you got to go or I'm keeping you, just tell me because I I talk forever. That's fine. Yeah, is that yeah? Um, <clears throat> so I wonder if this is a, just an idyllic or romantic idea, but I wonder how many people do just need to like feel loved. Like, I wonder how, oh, I mean, man. Well, I mean, uh, how there's many people, too many. How too many, people, many. How many people have scaled the corporate ladder and become billionaires and slash all competition and fucking buy off politicians? But, I mean, how much of that is really just, again, armchair psychologist, not that I have any fucking idea what I'm talking about. How much of that really is just, like, the one person they ever loved, like, cheated on them? Or their parents didn't love them. Or they were never included on Friday nights. Like, how much of that really is just this exponential wave or a snowball that just grows into an avalanche? Like, I wonder how many people just kind of need to feel love. And it's... And it's oh, yeah, you know. It's... it's sorry, it's, it's not... So it, it's not what we were just talking about, about how bad things can happen to you. So it's not like... You know, that guy's a child molester because he was molested as a child, like, and it goes on and on and on forever. But, like, how many people very simply just never felt love or friendship? No one did anything bad to them. But after decades of it, it just got to a point where it was like, I'm going to fill the void by becoming the richest man in America or whatever, you know? Like, so when you look at it from that standpoint, so not only is it... not only are you able to to stop the domino and not let someone else's assholery cause you to be an asshole to someone else, but there also is almost like a like an implied responsibility that like you should really always try to be as nice and loving to everyone because some people that's that's really all they need, and I know it sounds so. All you need is love, man. Let's hold hands. It'll be to get... No, like... 
Like I, I mean, yeah. you being nice to somebody on the street corner could be the difference between curing cancer and not curing cancer. Yeah. I mean, you never know what somebody's capable of or whatever. And some people, I've met people who shut down when, you know, the first bad thing is said about them. They just completely shut down. I mean, they have no structure where they're able to cope. And I think, I think that's another thing, you know, that's, that's going wrong is people are forgetting that they need, you know, ways to cope with the the bad in the world. Yeah. You know, I think, Yeah. yeah, you know, so what, you know, so what you had a bad night last night, you still need to get your ass up and you still need to go through the gym. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, you know, I think that's the way you need to look at the world, but ultimately you need to be able to cope. Yeah. You know, you need to be able to say, Hey, you know, this, this bad thing happened to me, but I'm going to do this to make myself feel better. I mean, you need those systems in your life. I mean, those, I mean, for me, you know, and I'm going to, you know, tell a story here. You know, I, I lived in, you know, rural Idaho, you know, growing up and, you know, something happened to me where I became, you know, that weird person that everybody just knows about, you know, it's, you know, it's like the kid with the big ears, you know, you just know about him. And, you know, it feels like nobody's nice to you because nobody takes the time in a day to, you know, be that kind to me. And, you know, I was in high school, I was a shithead. I, you know, was getting myself into trouble. I, you know, I didn't spend any time reading. I never did any homework assignments. I would just go take tests. I would pass the class because I would do so well on the test. And I didn't understand my savant because I didn't have those coping mechanisms and I felt like nobody was kind to me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes the first step is you need to be kind to those kind of people because maybe only then they could, you know, brighten up and learn how to cope with the bad. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, I feel like, you know, part of it is realizing that there is good in the bad you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think you know being able to view life in that scope helps people a lot and it helps them learn how to cope you know for me you know it it became um once i realized that and you know that's the reason why i you know moved away from home for college essentially was to get away from that you know and once i realized that and i realized my own capabilities you know i started doing really well in classes but I think because of, you know, my previous habits of doing well on tests but never doing homework assignments, I think that just has made me excel in college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a funny thing, but, you know, I think if somebody was nice to me or if I had that extra kindness and I was able to, you know, essentially put my shoulders back while I'm walking, then I would have probably been at a way better college, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean. You can either make somebody's life better or you can make it living hell. You know? Yeah. There is no in between. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah, it really is, though. Yeah. I mean, I always think about it, not to get too serious, but I always think about, so I lost an older sibling to suicide five and a half years ago. One thing that always blows my mind is, so I'm not going to get into the details, but he had he drove to a location and committed suicide. What always blows my mind is that there was someone that saw him driving, but it was just another car. Which makes me think, how many people have you driven by that were driving on their way to commit suicide? How many people did you pass in a grocery aisle that were fucking, yeah. they were getting their stuff ready for their last meal because they're going to you know, sit in a garage yeah. then they're there they're gonna sit in the garage that night and run the exhaust 
and that's not this again this is something where it's like it's not it's it's not you caused it it's not hey you told yeah, that exactly. person fuck you and that pushed him over the edge that's on you you're an asshole fuck you but there are, I wonder how many people that are like no it's not your responsibility but like why don't you just why don't you just assume that everyone you're seeing is going is through on, something is like on that. Their, well not only that is literally on their way to commit suicide like this evening like FYI, this is not this is not a red flag, right? This this isn't me simply talking to you. Um, so like, might as well hold the door, or like you know, I always compliment every cashier. They're a woman, not a guy. I don't want a guy to think I'm hitting on him. I compliment every fucking cashier anywhere, anytime that I I'll just pick something. I like your hair. I like your earrings. I like your ring. No matter how mundane it is, no matter how much I don't like it, no matter how fucking stupid it looks. Do you know how weird it is when I compliment black girls on their hair? Because I'm... What am I going to say? I wish I could do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, Shaniqua, you can really pull off those curls. I wish I could, too. I wish I had those hoop earrings. But goddamn, man, I always just say... I just say something like that. Really, since my brother died, I've, I've done that. And a lot of times, I think people just kind of brush it off. It's probably like, all right, that's fucking faggots flirting with me which i'm not but man some people do you can like it's like it flips a switch like their pupils dilate and they're like oh thanks like i just got this like whatever and it's just like even though deep down inside like you really don't give a shit about it but it's just like something as like simple as that like I mean, saying shit like that when you may not necessarily care i think it's worth because i think their expression the you fact, know, the fact that is, sh- I mean, it lights you up. I mean, yeah. you know, it lights the world. Yeah. And I think we need more of that. And, you know, I think, you know, especially with retail workers, I think their job is hell enough. Yeah. So yeah, man. Why not? Or that's, yeah. dude, that's why I always, like, when I'd go to Waffle House, man, that's why I'd always, granted, whenever I went to Waffle House, I was fucking shit can drunk. <laughs> but yeah. whenever I go to, I'd always, I'd always tip, like, 200%. Get, like, a $7 all-star meal tip like fucking thirty dollars like like but i was just figuring like man like their job sucks so much you're at you're 40 years old and you're serving waffles and hash browns to a bunch of drunk college kids at three in the morning who despite them being drunk at three in the morning while you're out here working they're still off to a better future than you largely in part just because of when and where they were born like it's yeah and you know that i i i've heard i've got compliments before that i know are not sincere <laughs> like i know they're like hey man that shirt looks good on you and like i'm looking in the mirror and i can see my tits and i'm like no it doesn't but like the fact that someone at least said it it's like that that what drove them to say it that's sincere like that's someone that wanted to make you happy like that part is sincere, unless you're a psychopath. Well, I also think that you need to treat yourself in that same way. Yeah, and I think that a lot of yeah. people forget to treat themselves, you know, in that in that same kind of light. You know, you need to give, give no sympathy to yourself. Yeah, Did that, I mean, you need that's the story. Of you need to learn life. how to love yourself, essentially. And 
I think that's a very, very hard barren thing to say because you know everything that's wrong with you. Yeah. But I only think you can make progress from it is uh, basically when you when you basically say, okay, yeah, this is how it is, but I can make my life better by going to the gym. I mean, it's it's like just naturally being overweight. You know, there's people like that. Yeah. But you know, I think by saying, hey, you know, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work on myself. I mean, that's actually one of the goals I've had. You know, I, I've been dealing with this like cyst in my back that gives me bad sciatica for I don't know how many years now. And, you know, in the past two years, you know, became infected. And, you know, I want to go to the gym. I want to work on myself. You know, I used to be in powerlifting, this and that. But, you know, right now I can't. And so it's like some people have that opportunity, but they just don't know how to accept their suffering, man. I mean, they can make their yeah. life so much better if they understood that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's the same way, you know. But anyways, I mean, back to what we were talking. Um, I had, like, a mentor one time, and she was just she was just super cruel and mean to me, man. And I, I, I couldn't understand it because I was so naive. You know, I was like, oh, you, yeah, you know, they're... You're just an asshole. They're this amazing person who... She does stuff that I can't even comprehend at the moment. But, you know, then I had, you know, my my PI, he would come out and he would compliment me on the stuff I was doing, even if I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Yeah. And, you know, of course he knew that. But you know, I, I, think, I think about him, you know, doing that, you know, day in and day out because the times that he was nice to me when I was otherwise miserable for my mentor – were the times that I remember vividly and the times that I had a good time while working in that lab. Yeah. And it's just like, well, naturally, because of that, I want to treat people essentially the way that he treated them. You know, he saw that they were having a hard time and he tried hard, he tried hard to make sure I got the most out of the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And I think there's some level of responsibility to that. I think that. You know, I think it's a silly expectation to have that everybody should do that. No, but no, no, yeah. I think if you're aware of it, I think you should do it because yeah. it's a good thing to do. I don't think you can expect it from anyone. Yeah. I think everyone should hold themselves to that implied yeah, I mean, responsibility. Again, again, it's like it's like character versus personality. I mean, personality is just the way you are. Character is something you develop. I think that we need to focus a lot more on character in society rather than personality theory. Yeah, it's... It's about who you can create. It's not about the marbles that you already have. It's about your potential. It's beautiful. So, dude, I like the one thing. I, the one thing I remember from high school, above like all, like <clears throat> so, I graduated high school in two thousand. Excuse me, two thousand nine. So it's been ten years. So at this point, most of it's just one big blur. Of just yeah. you know masturbation and underage drinking, <laughs> like, <laughs> but. Not to say my life's changed much since, but, but uh, well, I mean that's that's just high school for you. That's just yeah, yeah. That's just just yeah. But dude, the one thing I remember above all else was a terrible student. I don't think I ever got an A until college, which makes me getting into med school that much fucking crazier. I was a re- I was I was a retarded meathead in college or in high school. Yeah, dude. The one thing I remember above everything is I remember I wrote a paper about the atomic bomb. And I just went into description about, uh, like, what the bomb looked like when it went off. Had nothing to do with what I was writing about. But I went into such depth that I remember my teacher, Ms. Carvis, telling me afterwards. So I was a sophomore in high school. She said, like, you need to become a writer. 
She's like, because like, I got got you. Like, please, please be a writer. And I remember like contacting her in college. I was like, Miss Carr, I'm going to try to go to med school. She's like, congratulations, it's wonderful. You should consider being a writer. Like, I remember that positivity. And now I I still don't want to be a writer, but like that positivity, that positive reinforcement. I still think about that, and that's what drives me to create a podcast. It's like, okay, like I can do cool shit. Someone will appreciate yeah. it. Like, yeah, we all have that capacity for cool shit. And once you realize that the person right next to you who's homeless has that same capacity to do cool shit, then you start, then yeah. you start lifting over yourself. Right. And I think I think that's an important distinction to make. I mean, I mean, I think it's important to realize that you can either lift people up or you can put them down. So which is it? And you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, the other end of that is that there's bad things about people. And sometimes, you know, you shouldn't, you know, maybe you should hold that against them. But I don't believe in that. You know, I think that, you know, everybody has that bad thing about them and you shouldn't necessarily, you know, and I think that's kind of naive because, you know, there are psychopaths and I think it's important to be aware. But still, still, you know, you should try to be a leader. You should try to be somebody who, people can look up for because we're all enduring this life together. We're all enduring hell. I mean, why not make it? We're all in this gulag together. Like, yeah, shit, man. Might as well share the bread. Like, yeah, it's yeah. 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 I think it's yeah to everything we said. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember working in my university's studio center my sophomore year. You know, you can tell those kids that all they needed, well, I mean, you can tell those kids apart from the other ones where all they needed to, you know, do better in their class was positive reinforcement. Yeah. I mean, you can tell all they've received at that point was negative criticism. Yeah. And, you know, I would try very hard to almost make their tutoring tests or personal to them because I realized that they're not going to benefit otherwise because all they've had been was criticized yeah. you know, up to that point in their life. And so positive reinforcement saying, Hey, you know, this is a good way of thinking about this problem, but it's not necessarily right. Why don't we take this aspect of your thought and let's apply it in this way. And then we'll be right. I mean, when you give po- people positive reinforcement like that, then I feel like they're able to engage more in the truth. Yeah. And if you need to point out that they're doing something wrong, what I always do, and I do this when uh, helping people study for like OCHEM or something, I would always begin it with like self-deprecation against myself, even if it wasn't true, kind of like the fake compliment, even if it wasn't true. Like, okay, I, I'm that asshole. I broke all the curves in OCHEM. I got a 99 in OCHEM 2, 98 in OCHEM 1. I was that douchebag. But when I would fucking help people with it I would always say like dude trust me I was in your spot once I got a fucking F on that test alright instead of saying hey you're gonna get an F if you do this that's just, you instantly are gonna make someone feel like shit and yeah but that doesn't mean don't be unrealistic you're gonna discourage him don't, yeah it, I mean you're gonna discourage that doesn't mean that doesn't mean bring him into the land of rainbows and unicorns and say hey you're gonna get an A because that's going to fuck them over just as bad because they're still going to get an F. Yeah, it's, it's just as bad. Hell, they're going to get an F, but I mean, first break it in with yourself. Be like, I got an F. You're going to get one if you keep doing this. 
or I used to do this. I used to fuck around so much. I, you know, even when like you know, when like a, like an aunt or an uncle or a parent is, you know, they're asking you a basic question with a computer, you know, like Wi-Fi or something, or how to set up the printer, or how to fucking like configure your email. Instead of laughing at them, being like, "You seriously don't know how to send an email?" Something that we learned in fourth grade. Instead, I'll I'll just completely bullshit it, but I'll be like, "Oh, dude, like I I still fuck this up," and then teach them. Like, it's is yeah. if you Trojan horse it with like your own shortcomings, accurate or inaccurate, people are much more open to it. Well, not only that, you know, I think that. Essentially, you need to do the same thing for yourself, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you know, if I do this, of course I'm going to fail this test. But, I, I mean, I think you need to realize it, but I think you don't need to be hard on yourself is what I'm saying. You know, I think you need to be hard on yourself to an extent, but I don't think you should sit there and say, oh, well, you're just a piece of shit and you're no good anyways. Yeah. And I think that's fun. just as unrealistic as saying, oh, I'm going to get an A on this test anyways. Yeah. I mean. Man, I'm gonna go have terrible diarrhea in a minute. But so let's call it. Let's call it on episode one. All right. Good fucking yeah. talk, man. Solid yeah, talk. good talk. Yeah. Solid talk, dude. Um. Yeah. I'll. I'll yeah.